Welcome back to the Workbowl Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions in space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Kayla Parker, and you're listening to a preview of season three, where space as a service comes of age. I'm coming out swinging this season. Demand for space as a service will overtake demand for long leases soon. It's time for the capital markets to wake up. Because what happens to value when demand for your product goes away, aka long leases? It's time for space as a service to have its own asset class with industry-recognized risks and yields, and perhaps a new type of investor profile. Each Sunday over the next 10 weeks, we'll drop a new episode with the leading experts in commercial real estate to prepare you for the new world of service in real estate. We have a solid lineup ahead, including Canada Life Investments, CBRE, KPMG, Nuveen, and Trilogy Real Estate, just to name a few. If you're tuning in for the first time, I am Caleb Parker, founder of Bold, the space-as-a-service brand for entrepreneurs and innovators. We're now part of the Nuflex family of brands, and we help asset owners and landlords drive value by future-proofing their portfolios. But enough about me. Let's get down to business. Real estate has been done the same way for the last century. And the customer has always been the people who are investing in real estate. But the customer today is really the person who uses the building. It could be the people who are in a lease for 10 years. It could be the people that are popping in for a meeting room for the day. Or it could be the guest of those meetings. But the end user, that person coming into the building, is really the customer. And so I believe real estate needs to move from product to service and service those customers. I believe entrepreneurs and innovators make the world a better place. Over the last decade, I've dedicated my work to supporting and championing entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurial thinkers. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Today, though, business happens faster than ever before. We contract with people thousands of miles away, online, on demand. Our work's not restricted to a static location. We don't need an office to come to. We don't need an office to work from. Our work happens everywhere, at home, on a plane, on our mobile phones. But to grow and succeed, sometimes we do need a place to come together with our team, our customers, and our partners. Commercial real estate hasn't been friendly to entrepreneurs, though. If, and that's a big if, if we're approved, we have to pay big deposits. We have to spend thousands of legal fees to oblige us to pay for a long time for the right to a white box that becomes our responsibility to make it fit our culture and business needs. And then when we're done, we have to pay more to make it a white box again. That's the opposite of what a fast-growing company needs from commercial real estate. Yes, uh, we need access to fantastic environments sometimes. But we also need agility. We need to manage risk. So the logic of permanent offices and expensive long leases feels outdated in this new economy that we're in. Now, I'm not trying to beat up on commercial real estate. It was natural for the industry to operate this way because the customer's always been the investor, not the end user. But it's time to flip this and put the customer at the center of our universe. Demand for space as a service from the end user has been growing steadily since the global financial crisis of 2008, and we've seen massive growth in the last few years. The end user must become the customer, because what happens to value when the demand for your product goes away? 
Now, this isn't limited to entrepreneurs and small businesses. Schroeder's chief exec, Peter Harrison, was quoted by the Financial Times last week saying, quote, in the space of a few months, we've made 20 years progress in attitudes towards flexible working, and we're going to continue this momentum, end quote. If that doesn't make you reflect, nothing will. Now, I could list all the headlines of companies like Twitter and Facebook and Amazon and so many more going remote first, but you've seen the headlines. Perhaps a more powerful and impactful announcement was the one that PwC made where they said they expect the majority of their UK staff to work remotely after the pandemic. But, and this is a quote from PwC, a blend of office and home working is the future. They stated very clearly there is a place for the office. Now, I say the traditional office is dead. The office as we knew it is dead. But the office, quotations, is not dead. You see, companies who lean into the future are using flexible working as a talent acquisition tool. So the future is about workplace choice, democratizing the choice of where people work. And more than ever, we'll have a choice of where, when, and how we work. And we're going to choose places where we feel taken care of and where we feel that we produce our best work. And that's what space as a service enables. The fundamentals of space as a service are hospitality-driven. Buildings should provide customers with everything they need in one place, paired with excellent customer service, to really drive value from that building. Customers want flexibility and on-demand accessibility. And that's just, that's not just about the building. That's about providing a space for customers to live and breathe their creativity. It's about creating a consistent experience, a brand that connects with specific customer personas. Landlords who are able to provide this are set to be the big winners of this change. By offering space as a service, landlords can future-proof their assets, monetize their buildings, and drive value for customers and themselves. We need to put the customer at the center of the universe and build from there. In a flexible working world, this is what keeps paying customers in a building, not long leases. So building valuations need revising to, at a minimum, recognize revenue generated by space as a service. But I believe we need a new asset class, a new asset class for space as a service to value the buildings which shift from the static white box to providing layers of dynamic service to the customer of today, the building user. And that is how space as a service comes of age. Thank you for listening. We have a great season ahead with a focus on the valuation topic and more expert discussion on space as a service. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listing app is. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Bold.